from the Auto Line Studios. Here is your host, John McElroy. Want to thank you all for joining us on AutoLine this week, where we're going to be talking all about the brand new Ford Mustang. And I've got three top experts to talk about it today, starting with Maury Callum, the vice president of design for the Ford Motor Company, Dave Parasek, the chief engineer on the Mustang, and Stephen Ling, the marketing manager for the Mustang. I want to thank you all three for having joined us here on AutoLine this week. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Maury, I got to believe. When you guys started working on this car, it was almost a nail biter. You know, you don't want to mess yeah. up this 50-year-old icon. <laughs> but you must have had arguments, too. Do you go with a retro design or forward? Tell there, us a little there, bit. There was about a lot of debate in-house. I mean, you know, these guys will tell you. But a lot of discussion about, well, what do we do with this car? But I think there was consensus about making it special and making something a little bit different. We'd, we'd gone sort of retro route before, but we wanted this car to look very much 21st century, but at the same time, very much Mustang. Stephen, what was the, the marketing feed to design as to what you all thought that you needed for this car? Well, I, and I think more just captured, it's clearly we wanted it to look next generation. And, and we got that even from our most ardent supporters who love Mustang. They were ready, ready for it to move on, but clearly make it recognizable as Mustang. So I, I think it's a great capture, and it's, it's nice when it's brief like that. But I've run into Mustang <coughs> aficionados, club members and the like, they know exactly how many Mustangs, what is it, <laughs> 9 or 11? How many Mustangs are supposed to be on a Mustang? How many ho the, the horses oh, Those themselves. little horses, right. Yeah, Dave probably knows. Well, the different model years have had different numbers, and this model year will be no different. Okay, well, and I, I've literally seen them run out to new cars and, and count yeah. all around the cars. And we cars know that our here. customers love doing that. So, you know, you say they wanted a new car, but they still have this, this, this heartstring draw to the way the old car looked. Oh, yeah, and depending who you talk to, they're all going to talk about, you know, hey, I needed the, the tri-bar tail lamps, yeah. or I'm looking for the hockey stick. Or I'm, but, you know, what you find out of all of them, including when they look at these cars, you ask them to take a look at it, and they said, what does it say? And they go, ah, oh, it's a Mustang. And, and that's what we, that was the reaction that you wanted. You don't want it to be a caricature yeah. of itself, and, but you want it to be clearly a Mustang. And part of the process was doing that editing that we, we talk yeah. about as well. You know, if you ask a Mustang owner today, you'll say, what makes a Mustang? He'll give you this list of elements. And we really, our job was really to look at these elements and see well, how, how many can we edit out and still call it a Mustang. So that was, that was really important in the development of the design. A few years ago, Ford showed off a prototype called the EOS, if I remember right, or EVOS. EVOS, EVOS yes. That was strongly hinting where the yeah. Mustang would go, but a lot of people were turned off. They yeah. said, oh, it, too much of a Euro look. And the EVOS was really not so much to signal what Mustang was going to be. It was actually no. to talk about our own, our new design language at Ford. And it was actually the pre-runner for the precursor to showing the, the, the Fusion. So a lot of the elements in the EVOS were actually really to, to signal what the Fusion was going to be. So, but some people read it as Mustang, which, and they were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and you went with a fastback on the yeah. new car. Why did you choose that? No, go ahead. No, I think it was just because we 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 all love the we all love the, the original Mustangs, and we we think that you know the really when they, when you look at the '65 Fastback, that was really one of the cars that really gave the car its its signature, and and we so we really wanted to bring the Fastback back and give, give you that profile, that instantly recognizable profile that that really only Mustang has. Yeah, I definitely thought it was important as we try to put the sexiness back in the car and and make it you know ready for the 50th anniversary. The Fastback was just essential. We knew that we were going to do that from day one. We weren't going to give up on that. Talk about uh, making it a sexy car. Yeah. It's also available with a four-cylinder engine, which I think, without knowing much about it, some people might question. Uh, well, I don't know why they would question that. I mean, what we've done in the, you know, for some time now with Mustang is we've shown that you can have an and solution. You can have power and fuel. You know, you don't have to trade off your performance for for that. And so, 
Uh, we did that with the V6. We showed everybody a 305 horsepower and 31 miles per gallon. And now this is going to be even more power, which is what our customers want. And at the same time, we're going to significantly more fuel. I mean, the EcoBoost has been fantastic for Ford Motor Company. Why not use that technology in the brand new Mustang? So this was really important for us to signal that this is something new and that, that we're looking into the future. And Stephen, this is the first time Ford is seriously going to market this car overseas. That's got to be a huge difference from the way that the company has approached the Mustang, certainly. Oh, absolutely. And, and being the one that will not have to receive so many emails now about why don't you bring it to where I live. I mean, it's fantastic because, you know, when you think about it, the Mustang emotionalizes the Ford brand. And so, you know, beyond the fact you're going to make a lot of customers happy, the number of new people I think this will help introduce Ford to. And, and bring that sexiness all around yeah. the world, yeah. that's a fantastic opportunity for us. There, there's probably no car worldwide more iconic for the Ford brand yeah. than the Mustang. Why did oh, it take sure. 50 years to take it to the rest of the world? Well, I think in many ways, the rest of the world was ready before we were as a company. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, the one Ford strategy, you know, we're, we're truly global from yeah. a design perspective, from a marketing perspective, uh, from a PD perspective, right? We're truly global now. And so I think the, the world was ready before we were, but it's, we are ready it's now. It's the same as the fact that you know, we brought Fiesta here, we brought Focus here. That's the same strategy. And really, you know, a lot of people here were requesting the smaller European products, same way that a lot of the Europeans and around the world, people were asking for the Mustang. So, so it really is, it really aligns with the, the strategy. And what shows me how serious Ford is about this is it's going to do a right-hand yeah. steer version of the Absolutely. car. Well, from an engineering standpoint, yeah. how yeah. much more of a headache, or is it more of a headache, to be able to have a steering wheel on the left or right hand, depending on the market. Well, I thought I was going to get out of this with no gray hair, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's not going to happen. Um, it, it's significant, and I think it does uh, communicate that we are very serious and dedicated to... And it's all because I want to drive one in Scotland. Too. Yeah, yeah it's all, <laughs> Murray wanted it, and we said, fine, we're doing it. Um, but no, if you're going to take the Mustang, and if you're going to go global, right, it's really important you do it right, and that's one of the ways to do it, right, and make sure that you offer it in, in a right-hand drive for the countries that want, want that. So we're dedicated to do it. It's a significant engineering challenge, but we're up to it, and we're, we're ready to do it. And when you add it all up, the number of cars or uh, the number of markets with right-hand yeah. steer is not yeah. insignificant. Yeah, no, you have the UK, Australia, um, South Africa, Japan. So India. Uh, yeah, India. India. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, yeah. there's, there's more than a few of them. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I've got to believe this 50th anniversary really signals the company's big marketing push, and, and Stephen, talk a little bit about what you all plan for that. Well, it, it, it is, that's exactly right, and, and no better way to celebrate it than with a new car, but, yeah. you know, thanks to the, the thousands and hundreds of thousands of Mustang fans, I mean, we're doing, and I should say they're doing huge <laughs> events all over the world, but the two big ones in the US, we're gonna do one in uh, Charlotte and one in Las Vegas, and when I say, wait, it's really the Mustang Club of America, is leading these up, we're, we're helping. But it's, you know, I, I think that's really significant because they felt they needed to do this, you know, with thousands of volunteers. So we're gonna have tens of thousands of people on, uh, in both locations, let alone what you'll see happening at dealerships and other events, you know, across the country and around the world, all on April 17th and through that, that Easter weekend. And that doesn't happen for every car. And I think that's what makes this so special for us is the, the, the time and effort, the love that, that gets shown. And, and for us, knowing it doesn't stop there as well. The car was originally introduced, I believe, at the, the World's 1964 Fair. World's Fair in New York. Lee Iacocca himself was right. there to, to present the car. Anything, and the New York Auto Show is right around that time. Are you doing anything in New York? Well, n nothing that we're going to talk about today, so sorry <laughs> about that. <laughs> um, but, you know... It, 
that, that was such a special moment. I mean, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the big promotion at the time on top of that was they put the Mustang on top of the, uh, the Empire State Building and the observation. Did thing. they I mean, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. What, what a great, you know, uh, marketing coup, that sort of thing. But they, they did a lot of They didn't have to the cut time. it up and put it in the elevator, mind you. They, they had to get it on the roof. Oh, they story. didn't helicopter? No, no, no. no, no, no. They, they, they took chopped it, it up in the elevator. Yeah, took it up in the elevator. And then put it back together. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Brings a Probably new don't meaning want to, to drive that one, by the way. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I was going to say, it brings new meaning to the word chop shop. Yeah, no, so do that. I, you know, I know that uh, the team for the Chevrolet Camaro is really the watching. What? Yeah, the, the, the what? The Chevrolet Camaro. Yeah. Right? <laughs> happens to be the other pony car out there, real true pony car. And I know they've been watching this like a hawk, Murray, because they're, they've been dying to know, is, is Ford going to go retro? Mm -hmm. Is it going to go full modern? How do you think... They're going to react to this car when they redo the the Camaro. Well, I think I, I, first of all, they've got the same challenge. I think you know, there's a lot of passion within you know the the customers of what the car needs to look like. But uh, I, I think they're going to appreciate what we've done. I, mean, we, we, I think they're doing a great job in their cars too. So I think uh, I think they'll understand the 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 complexity of of getting the the formula right, and and, and hopefully they get it less right. <laughs> How long did it take you all to get the formula right? That is, to, to come to the design that you've got right now and say, this is it. I'm, I'm sure there was a lot of iterations. Yeah, there's quite a few iterations, but, but the great thing about Mustang is that, you know, you, you, you tell us the designers what to do. Well, you don't need to tell the designers what to do. You just say sketch Mustangs, and, every, and they all want to do it as well. So, so it's, it's, it's actually quite a natural sort of process, and, but really getting it right was, was, was really the sort of the painstaking attention to detail and, and getting all the, the proportional changes that, that Dave helped us get and, uh, and getting, really getting to the right answer. Uh, but it took you know, it took a good couple of years to get to, to get that throughout the whole process. Absolutely, that that's probably a good uh, uh, discussion. That design just doesn't do the design and shove no. it onto product development. You don't? No, <laughs> no, no, no. no. Uh, I, I think one of the things that I that that you know we pride ourselves on, especially with this team, is that that's that's exactly not how we work, right? We work very closely with one another. We want the same thing at the end, which is to have the best vehicle possible. And so we we worked with uh, Murray's team very closely, freed a lot of Murray's constraints, yeah. uh, because early on we had constrained him a little too much. And while they were doing fantastic designs, it still wasn't good enough for a 50th anniversary Mustang. And so we went back and worked with him and freed up the constraints, and we worked together to make things feasible. I mean, I'll give you an example. The body side, the draw depth of the body side, is so deep that it actually was not feasible because it didn't even fit in the press. And we worked very hard to be able to give him what he wanted. Because yeah, um, we wanted that to get the really nice strong shoulders at sure, the back and get the, with yeah. the wider track and really enhance the, the stance of the car. So we literally had to redesign the press to open it up even more so we could get the body side out and move it to the next station. So uh, we went to that, you know, that great length. And instead of just saying it's not feasible and telling Murray you can't go you know, 40 millimeters out, you have to go 30, right? I mean, we, he, that's what he yeah. wanted. That's what we gave him. I got to believe, too, that you've got a chance here now to make this a far better performing car. Uh, the old car, it's amazing what you guys did with yep. it. But, I mean, the bones to that car go back to the 70s, to the old Fox platform. Yep. It's got to be tremendous to be able to have carte blanche, so to speak. It is. It's a dream come true, really. I mean, because we, we didn't just put a new body on, on an old chassis, right? I mean, everything about this car is, is brand new. There's not a carryover piece on it. Uh, putting the independent rear suspension in was a big, was, was a big move for us. Um, very important as you look at the trajectory we've been on with Mustang to continue that level of performance and yet at the same time give a better ride. It was, a, it was time to put that independent rear in. And we had to put the right one in though. This is a world-class independent rear suspension. But when we put that in, we realized very quickly that we had no intention to change the front suspension and that just wasn't going to work. 
So we had to go back to the drawing board, scrap the whole front suspension, and redo the entire front suspension so that it would match the capabilities of the rear. And what we ended up with is a car that is so fun to drive, so capable, that uh, well, it's going to reward anybody that gets behind the driver. So I got to ask you, Ford's coming out with an aluminum F-150. Wouldn't it be cool somewhere down the road to do an <laughs> aluminum Mustang? Let's get through the F-150. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, how are you going to market this differently, or does this car just market itself? Well, I, it is a marketer's dream because you've already got in this, you know, kind of installed base that that you know loves what the brand stands for, and that base is you know crosses every socioeconomic you know uh, d division that you can come up with. Um, and if you have that as a base, you can just build upon it. So that's nice. I mean, it's the number of people that can't wait to get behind the, the get in the driver's seat of this car is is unimaginable. And it, and that's great because the biggest thing I need to do is get it to them <laughs> and, and, let, and let themselves see it. Because if you're an existing Mustang fan, I mean, the trick is I got to sell you another one, right? Um, they probably already have one or two in the garage, if not more. And then for everyone else, it's they want to see themselves, but they're they already you start off with them loving the brand. Um, so again, it's about getting them, you know, in the seat. So the, the things that we're going to be able to do and, and the things we want to do both here and, and really overseas, they're actually not as different as you may think, either uh, for the existing customers or for the new customers. It's, it's they want to see the car up front uh, and, and they want to get them, they want to get behind the wheel. So we're, you're going to see lots of opportunities to do that with people, as well as leveraging uh, you know, social media and, and all the things, all the tools and the channels that we have today. So, yeah, you'll see a little bit of, you know, TV, but you're going to see a lot more unconventional, a lot more grassroots uh, type ways to get the vehicle close to people. And then, you know, the best part about it is I've got a car that in many ways, to your point, sells itself. The car, too, has an aura, a presence that is far bigger than the sales volume that Absolutely. it represents. Uh, is there a goal in the company now to really grow the sales, or what's the target for sure. it? I mean, the, the sales are going to go up, you know, obviously. Um, but I think the bigger opportunity for the car, and I think what you're going to see is, again, it's the fact that Mustang emotionalizes the brand. And I think there's an opportunity for those people who, you know, yeah, Ford's okay, but they're going to see this and go, wow, I need to give them a, no a better look and, and check out some of the other vehicles. And I think you're going to see some of that happening. And if, if, if that can be, you know, some of the coattails that Mustang brings along, especially as it goes global, um, I think this is the car that can do it. It'll bring people into the showroom just to look at the Mustang, Absolutely. even if that's not the car they want. Absolutely. And that's been our experience. I mean, we've had a chance now to take it to a lot of different places yeah. and, you know, around the world. And, you know, what I love about it is people are usually going to be polite to your face, but you just yeah. you can <laughs> see through the body language that this car evokes a, a, a new, a higher level of emotion. It does. Where people, they, they stick around, they want to ask questions, they want to get behind, they want to, you know, like, like Mustang fans who want to know, you know, what size bolt is this? And, and to your point about the number of badges, and you, you see that level of enthusiasm across a, a much larger, you know, cross-section of the public. It's great. So when you go to design the car, I mean, this is an iconic mm. American design. Yeah. Do you try to leave it as American-looking as possible, or do you tweak it a little you, bit? You try to leave it as, as Mustang as possible, to be honest. And, and, and we were told that by customers around the world. They didn't want us to Europeanize it or internationalize it. They wanted, they wanted a Mustang, and Mustang for them represents America and, and Ford, to be honest. So it really was, it was something that the customers told us, don't mess with it, we, like, we love it as it is. And John, I think what's important for everyone to understand is that we didn't set out to do a global Mustang. Yeah. Yeah. We did a Mustang, and we decided to take it global. And that is a difference. And I think that people need to, and I see when you, when you see the car, I think that you'll see that that's true. Exactly what Marie just said. 
They want a bit of Americana. They want what Mustang represents. And we weren't going to trade that off in any way, shape, or form. This is a Mustang through and through, and we are taking it global. You, you, you didn't trade that off. You kept the Americanness of, the, of this icon. But I got to believe that once you knew you were taking it globally, you had to be able to accommodate all different kinds of rules and regula regulations around the world in sure. that design. Yeah. Sure, you have you have to homologate the car for sale around the world, you know. But that uh, that actually is not as difficult as you might think, uh, and really, in, in many ways, didn't didn't really change our design much. Yeah, there are some, most of our standards these days are pretty much we, 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 we design to, to global standards. Yeah. So, so it's actually it's, it's not as difficult as Dave says right. as it would have been in the past, perhaps. That's but, true. Uh, there's like different turn signals yeah, yeah, yeah. and bumper yeah, height size and all. mirrors, different, yeah, there's, there's, Absolutely. there's, there's, there's So, so there is variation as the cars go down the line. But it is very minimal. There are, of course yeah. there is. Where it's, where it's a legal requirement, we do change it, like the, you know, the tail lamps or the headlamps or things like that. But when you look at the vehicle that, that we've shown everyone, that is the vehicle that will be exported around the world with those minor little tweaks in there. Yeah, the sheet metal stays exactly the same. Yeah. It's just this, the details. Yeah. So outside of the U.S., where has been the greatest reception or reaction to the car? Oh, man. Wow. I think everywhere we've shown it, to <laughs> yeah. be honest, yeah. So yeah. It's, a, it's just been positive everywhere. Yeah, there's I mean, excitement everywhere. It's one of the reasons that we decided to show it, you know, around the world at, at the reveal in, in, in Shanghai and Sydney and yeah. in Barcelona and all that. So the only negative we've had is why didn't you bring it to my town? Yeah. <laughs> right. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a difficult question to ask. I mean, the, 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 re the reaction in Australia, I mean, over the in China where, you know, sports cars are not, you know, really big, but the number of people that came out and have come back to yeah, us. So. I mean, it's been been astounding. So you know, it, it's it'll be really interesting once it goes on sale. And and you know what what's fun for us is this is an opportunity to grow Mustang. And you know, as I, I said, I like to play Mustang as a marathon, not a sprint, and, and grow it over time. Because in many ways, to me, this is the first car for the next fifty years. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. No, no, and that's thing. how Ford looks at yeah. it. And being able to play the game with the long ball is it's yeah. it's very nice. I think it'll be great from the get-go, and I think it'll only get better from there. Murray, the, the older car, one of the, the only downfall I saw in it was the interior. Mm -hmm. It was hard to take this, this old platform, yeah. and you, you guys did a pretty good job with it, but I gotta believe this was one area that you really it targeted. It was certainly an area we concentrated on to really improve both the craftsmanship, the quality of the materials, the, the, the genuineness of the materials as well. So it was, and, and, and just the basic design of it as well. We, we took the sort of traditional surface language in Mustang, and I would say sort of de deconstructed it and, and reconstructed it again, but, this, but at the same time really really highlighting on that sort of quality, perceived quality, and actual actual craftsmanship as well. So, and so it really was a lot of attention to the interior. Yeah, and at the same time, you know, we spent a lot of time uh, working on opportunities for overall just usability, yeah. better storage in the car, uh, features, and we have over 20 new technologies coming into this, into this vehicle. Uh, we've got, you know, if you drive a Mustang or if you've driven one, you know, you dump your seat and it doesn't go back to where it was. Now, you know, standard, the seats are going to go, uh, memory seats will go back to where they were supposed to go. So we took a lot of time to work with Murray and the team to not only get the beautiful design language, but also make it very functional at the same time. You mentioned uh, the EcoBoost engine, yeah. uh, the IRS. What, what are some of the other technologies that you really like to talk about on the car? Yeah, you won't stop well, them there. I was going to say, I don't think we have enough time on the yeah, show. Yeah, right. No, but I think what's important for people to understand is that all of the, the great technologies that we have at Ford, um, nearly all of them are going to showcase themselves inside you know, this vehicle, whether it be blind spot monitoring or you name it. Some new technologies that we don't even have at Ford today, like uh, tire pressure monitoring by location. So you'll be able to see what your tire pressures are at all four corners of the car. 
Um, we're going to have standard intelligent access and push button start in this vehicle. So every Mustang, whether it's the entry level Mustang or it's the high end one, you, you won't have to take the key out of your pocket. You'll be able to just unlock the door, push your button, start your driving experience. Uh, we're bringing selectable driving modes, which is a new technology into this vehicle. So uh, when you push your button to start your driving experience, right next to that you're going to have a set of toggle switches. Not only are they very cool from a design perspective, but we also, this is where you know design and function came together, right? And, that you, you set up your whole driving experience, whether you're setting your, your ESC settings or whether you're setting your uh, steering efforts or the new selectable driving modes, whether you're, you're toggling between normal, snow wet, sport, or track mode, we're going to change parameters in the vehicle and optimize the vehicle for that, for that mode that you've selected. So a lot of great stuff is you know, making its way into the Mustang, and I think it's really signaling that this is a different car. Steve said this is setting up the next 50 years. Toggle switches. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the Mustang's never had toggle switches nope, never. before. So a few Murray, people added them, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 aftermarket, yeah. sure. What, what, what made you think toggles? Well, I think, you know, cool? we really wanted to get this sort of, sort of visceral sort of feeling in the interior, like, like, like an aircraft, and really getting to the, the sort of the, the, the visual usability and the actual usability really matching each other and really making this a very intuitive interior to use, so, but also a very entertaining interior to use at the same time. So we, we really wanted to, to, to create, the, create that sort of impression of, you know, you're, you're really getting into a machine that you need to understand to drive it. So that was, it was so that the toggle switches come into that, and, and obviously the, the drivable modes help that as well. I was going to say this, this form follows function. You know, so for example, the one line I love, one of our customers said, "You know, I never have to look in the manual to understand how to use the volume knob <laughs> yeah. on the radio, yes. right?" And you see that that sort of intelligence throughout yeah. the whole interior, where yes. things are where you would expect them to be. So for things that are going to affect driving when I'm driving, you don't have to go down to the third level of the touch screen it's going to be a switch that's right there. So I think that piece, along with the fact when you sit in the car, to me, you just feel special. And that's what I've noticed when we've gotten a few people Absolutely. in the car. And simple you analog see, graphics. You see that, well that smile come yeah. across, and then when they start, you know, they automatically, it's all new, and they love the way it looks, but it's very familiar because it's yeah. exactly that. They know where to go for things, and they're never going to look for that piece of that book in the glove compartment, so <laughs> yeah. to speak. Yeah. That's, that's success to me. Yeah. Dave, what I love what you did with uh, the prior model, the, mm -hmm. the Mustang GT, mm -hmm. is you made that that chassis so much stiffer yep. than it was. I got to believe this was one of the focuses on this Mustang. Oh, absolutely, and and you know we've done a lot to stiffen this vehicle up. Um, part of the reason why it's performing I extremely well, you know, when I told you that we redesigned that that front suspension. We went to a full subframe up front, which today we, we have just the, the cross members, you know, between the rails. So that whole front subframe uh, actually uh, helped us, you know, quite a bit with stiffening the front end. We've added additional bracing up front. So we've done a lot to improve the torsional rigidity, and it really shows in the car. I mean, when this thing's a rocket ship, handles fantastically when you come out of the turns. Um, going into the turns, you're very confident. It's, like I said, it's a very rewarding car. So, yes, that was a focus of ours, and, and I think we more than achieved what we wanted to do. Stephen, one of the things that made the Mustang in the early days was the old Trans Am racing series. There were the great battles between Mustang, Camaro, even Javelin at one point, too. Any plans to take this car racing? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the next show, John. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, what, what Dave, the car lends itself to that. So I, I think does. you'll see as, as Mustang has a, a great history in racing, um, it's, it's only going to get better. And uh, I'll just say watch this space in terms of uh, where it goes. But, you know, in terms of the usability of the platform, all those sorts of things, um, yeah, you'll see it soon. Okay, watch the space outside of the U.S. market as well? Watch this space. <laughs>
darn, I'm not able to get it out of you. We were trained, okay. we were trained before you, you we got it. Well, <laughs> yeah. that, that's right. So going back to those toggle switches, what I like about it is it's, I mean, a toggle switch is kind of old tech. Yeah. But the way that you've integrated it into the uh, the lower part of the console yeah. there, it actually looks high tech. Yeah, absolutely. And like Steve said, I mean, what's really cool about it is, is they're functional. They're not just pretty, right? Yeah. When you're driving down the road and you want to change your steering, you're gonna you're just gonna flip the toggle switch and you're gonna change your steering efforts right then and there. And you don't, like you said, you're not diving into menus. So one of the challenges early on was when Marie and his team said, hey, wouldn't it be great to have some toggles? We had a lot of discussion on, well, how do we make them very functional and very real as opposed to just putting them in for, you know, for aesthetics? And so we worked together and we figured that out. And so that, that got us down to how many do you have and exactly where they located. And, you know, I think we, I think we got a good balance of yeah. it. You've also got a convertible coming. And yeah. I've got to believe huh. that you spent a lot of time making sure that with the top right. down, so it looked good as well. Well, as I mean, that, that's line. another thing. We haven't really talked about the proportional changes of the yeah. car, but the deck lid in the car is 70, mil 70, 70 millimeters. millimeters lower than the, the outgoing model. Really? So that, that really helps the, the aspect ratio of the rear, rear makes, it look, makes it look wider and sort of squats down the ground. But of course, causes a, a bigger issue for the convertible because the convertible has to get down below the, the, the deck lid height. But, but we've re-engineered the convertible top and got that down flushed and just about flushed the deck lid height. And so it's really, it was a real challenge, but something that you know, we really needed to do. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things that we, we decided early on was we were going to design this convertible from the start to be a convertible, mm -hmm. not an afterthought, not a, well, let's, let's try to make this work, you know. So early on, Murray and the team, we got together and we gave him a unique deck lid. We gave him unique, other unique bits so that he could actually have a beautifully flat belt line as it rolls around there. And then he says the challenge of lowering that, that top and getting it nice and flush was fairly significant. But as an engineering team, we worked on that. Huge improvements to the convertible top. Um, it, it's, it's no longer hydraulic, it's electric motor driven. So it's much faster. It's, it's much faster, nearly twice as fast. And it's also uh, much quieter, more precise. Um, you have one center latch now instead of having to lean over in the passenger seat to latch that, you know, the, the top. So significant improvements. Um, Steve and the team helped us get all cloth, no more vinyl tops. Uh, so again, just everything about the convertible is definitely a major step forward and up. But I was going to add, I think what you're hearing is this is indicative to me of the whole car. Yeah. The attention to detail from getting the proportions right to, you know, the right materials to, you know, the right bits. Well, we needed, we needed a new front suspension. The company, the team put it all together to make it happen and sweat details. You know, yeah. getting the badges right, all the, all the colors, that's indicative of Team Mustang. And, and, and I think what makes everybody so proud to have worked on this and because and, and, we know what this vehicle means, not just... The company, but to our customers uh, and yeah. and to us personally yeah. as well. Yeah. We all we all just love the car. You know. And with that, we're going to have to wrap it up. I can't wait to drive this car. But Murray Callum, Dave Paracheck, Stephen Ling, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate you talking about thank this you. car with thanks, us. Sean. And want to thank all of you for having tuned in.